Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. And on today's show, I'm excited to introduce you to the WDSRA, that's the Western DuPage Special Recreation Association, and the YNS, the Young Naperville Singers. And today we're going to talk a little bit with both organizations about how they've adjusted to this new life that we have with COVID-19. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. And joining me now from Western DuPage Special Recreation Association is Sandy Gabor. She's the executive director. So welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, you know, this has been a very challenging and interesting time over the last several months with COVID-19. And I know the last time I got together with you, everybody was exciting getting ready for the season because I know summer is a big time for your organization. So walk me back a little bit, you know, middle of March, COVID hits. What happens at Westra? Well, it was interesting. We, um, obviously have a crisis team. And so we were put to work immediately. And we all are in the boardroom making all these decisions. And then as soon as we got out, the governor had changed a lot of things and brought more guidelines and more statements. So we kind of laughed about it because we were literally in there for hours working through things. The main thing we wanted to do was really get our team uh, to be able to go home and work seamlessly. Um, our goal was to continue to serve all of our families. And so we had to make sure we had all the technology ready. And thank goodness for all the support and grants that we've received over the years that allowed us to really up and run really quickly. So uh, we obviously sent people home and, um, and heated all the warnings and closed down the office. And then the main thing was just trying to determine proper communication not only to our staff, but to all of our families, to the local park districts that we serve, and really to be able to communicate effectively on what we were doing. The ultimate goal was if for it to be seamless, and I think we did it. So interestingly enough, our phones could be forwarded. So the only thing you couldn't do was come in the office. Otherwise, I think everyone felt like programming still was kind of starting to move forward. That's wonderful. And I do think it's funny how you really uh, try to get planned. And I think that's been one of the fascinating things as we've gone through this process is things change so quickly. You think you got it all set and squared away and then it changes yet again. But as you said, communication is such an important part, right? In that 360, I think the word is always in crises, communicate, communicate, communicate. You can't do it enough. Talk a little bit about how you communicated with your staff during this time period. Yeah. So the main thing, obviously, right from the beginning was email. And um, the hard part was you couldn't, because there was no communication um, other than that, there was nothing in person. It was hard to keep your mailboxes empty. They kept filling up. And so what we realized was there are some good apps out there that we could use. So obviously, um, Zoom meetings, et cetera, became, you know, normal. Um, our staff found something called Slack, which allowed them to uh, collaborate together and not be filling their, um, it's almost instant text or communication and you can see all of that. So that was really helpful. 
the main thing was that we put together a team and every time the team met, then we gave an update. So staff knew what to expect. They knew we were meeting. They knew we were talking through things. And so we had the opportunity to just then consolidate all the information and tell them what they needed to know. Uh, as far as for our families, um, phone calls, obviously, and emails back to them. Uh, many of them were checking in with us, and, uh, and obviously we were being as responsive as we could to them. Yeah. Now you work, and I think this is always the thing, you have a very broad range of park districts that you support. And I would imagine each of those park districts operate a little bit differently. So say a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you're right on the money there. Um, we have nine park districts that we serve. And so our job is to serve all the people that have disabilities and to be supportive of all the park districts. But they're all managing their own business in their own way. And they have a lot of facilities um, that they have to deal with and be concerned about. And so basically, you know, the communication was slim because we knew how busy everybody was. The main thing for us is to know from our park districts what's happening from a program basis and a facility basis because we don't own facilities, that's what we use for our facilities. So just to stay in touch with the park districts and be able to uh, communicate with them so that we can be up and ready to uh, support them as they start back in programs, etc. So. I guess the main thing I want to tell you, though, and the excitement I had is wanting to continue to serve our staff literally, uh, I think the big word is pivot. They pivoted in a moment's notice and put together uh, really innovative virtual programming. And so what we had to do is we were in the midst of spring. So we had to cancel all spring programs and start up virtually. Um, spring programs. And we started with a real easy one um, and bingo, and it went so well that the staff then knew we've got some magic here. This is a way that many of our families can connect with us. So we went ahead and uh, the team worked real collaboratively to put together programming. So they ran two spring sessions and then a summer June session and now are starting to look at what does July mean. And we're hoping July means a little bit of both, some face-to-face -face as well as some virtual programming, because we have a lot of guidelines that we have to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, you, Sandy, you have a lot of seasonal staff that come in and support you. And, you know, you use the word pivot, and I know we've heard, you know, pivot, unprecedented, a lot of words, but they're very, very apt, right? So you've had to pivot with that, with that very seasonal stuff. How has that been? I know that's challenging. Yeah. I will tell you, emotionally, it was really difficult um, to, we had to furlough about 325 part-time staff. Uh, these were all folks poised and ready to work with us on a part-time basis to help us deliver programs. They're really the key. Once we plan and deliver uh, things to them, they up and run the program. So they're critical. So it was difficult to make that decision. But obviously, if you can't run programs in person, you, can't, you don't need the staff. So we did have to furlough all the staff in uh, the part-time staff and then move forward with the full-time staff to conduct the virtual programming. Our goal, hopefully, <clears throat> as our park districts come back, uh, and they started this week, actually, with programming, um, is that we would be up and ready to support them with their inclusive programming. So that's when somebody with a disability 
<clears throat> excuse me, wants to be in the regular program. And then we help provide that. So all our park districts are up and running, uh, starting to up and run with day camps. And we need to be there to support uh, their residents who have disabilities that sign up for those programs. Sure, absolutely. Now, you know, obviously you have a, a, a lot of different communities that you work with across the different park districts, but also your staff uh, and the community at large that you serve. How has the community come around Worcester during this time? You know, it was amazing. They were totally supportive. Um, I think they really liked the engagement. There was so much reach out to them. Um, is this working? Are the virtual programs something that works for your son or daughter? Uh, there was a lot of our staff were surveying. They were asking for how can we improve this? And, you know, virtual programs was brand new to all of us. And so it was an opportunity for us to really uh, get their input, figure out what, how we could tweak things and, uh, and then continue to move forward. And as we delivered more programming, I mean, they had 20, 23 program choices once we got up and running, is that we learned how to improve our communications, both with on Zoom when we were on, as well as just in advance and getting parents set up uh, and helping them get set up for uh, the virtual programming. So yeah, it, it takes a lot of communication, that's for sure. Um, and the families, interestingly enough, uh, you know, you do a lot of, okay, is this the time during the pandemic when people are losing their jobs? Is this the time to ask for financial support? So that was a big discussion at our office. And best practices say, absolutely, you need to ask. You need to give them the opportunity if they're able. So we went ahead and we uh, ran a, uh, what we called a COVID relief or an urgent appeal. And uh, we were able to raise $60,000, which is just amazing. So when you asked Shane how the community came out, boy, did they. And 50% of those donors were folks that had sons and daughters participating right now in our virtual program. So we saw a lot of new families come together financially to support us as well. I think that's wonderful. And I think uh, that's something I'm hearing a lot of. And I think, you know, in times of crisis, people are looking for a way to help uh, where they can. And so when you provide them with that opportunity, if they're able, they will step forward. As we start to close, Sandy, lessons learned, and I think you've talked about a couple, but if you were to sort of pick something that you feel like, wow, we really learned this, and this is something regardless of what happens going forward, we are going to take with us as an organization. I think we learned that we were ready for crisis. Uh, I don't know that anybody's ready for a pandemic, <laughs> but um, we were ready for managing this situation. And we have a great team of staff who really collaborated, set aside all, you know, all the things that they were dealing with and really focused on our families. And boy, I couldn't be more proud of all the team uh, that, that did that and worked collaboratively to deliver programming uh, for our families. You know, I will be honest with you, the most personal emotional piece for me was, oh my God, what are our families going to do? You know, when this started, it was, it was tough. I was worried about 24-7, our families managing their children with disabilities. Some of our participants have some really high needs. 
And so I was concerned not only about them, I was concerned about the mental health of our parents and their families and how, how would they come together. And I, I don't think we were the total answer, but we certainly were some of the answer. And, uh, and I think families felt support and maybe got a little bit of respite when you know that hour program was on Zoom they might be able to jump in and get a shower or something like that. So um, I think we did what we needed to do and we're continuing to be responsive to our families, but it is, uh, it certainly was the number one concern. Yeah. And I think so much, and, you know, we've talked about it uh, in a number of other areas where, you know, everything is now in the house. That's a lot of strain for everybody, whether it's, you know, for, for adults trying to uh, work their way around the house, it's young children, no respite from that. And then with special needs, that adds another layer of complexity and support that's required. So it's tough. Sandy, as we sign off, something for you, Sandy, as you've gone through this, what's been your silver lining? I think the silver lining is that, um, you know, the years that I have had the pleasure of uh, leading this organization, really, it, it kind of came to fruition to show the strength we had, uh, the culture, how it came together. Um, we had teams that were collaborating more than they've ever collaborated, you know, our rec team with our communications uh, team. Um, I think we really... Um, from a, for a silver lining for me would just be that we're on the right track. We're doing what we need to do. And uh, we can be uh, always focused on serving both our park districts uh, and our families. And we know what we're doing. We're doing a good job. Well, thank you. And we know how many families appreciate the work that you do across all of the park districts and specifically here in Naperville. So thank you. Thank your team. We wish you all the best as the state continues to open. And hopefully the next time we meet, we'll be meeting face to face. So thank you. We're going to take great. a few short messages uh, and a break, and we'll be right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Informed with NCTV 17 News Update. These free videos sent straight to your email summarize the latest information and show you what's happening around town. Visit nctv17.com slash subscribe to sign up now. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Renette. And joining me now from the Young Naperville Singers is Naveen Michael. She's the board president. Welcome to the show, Naveen. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Now, I know uh, that it has been a very challenging time for you uh, since we've had the stay-at-home order. So walk me through a little bit, if you would, what happened with Young Naperville Singers the middle of March as those orders start to come into place? And then what's been going on for you in April and May and now into June? Yeah, great questions. The minute we started to, even before school shut down, we knew that something was happening and we knew that we had to pivot and shift almost immediately. So we went into action right away. We lobbed onto technology, Zoom calls. How do we create virtual space for all of our choirs? And what we did is we took between March and spring break, we took kind of like snow days, two snow days to just kind of figure ourselves out, right? And go into instruction because the last thing we wanted to do is get our kids in virtual space where it was not meaningful. So right after spring break, we were ready to launch immediately. Same choirs, same formats, but virtually. And um, our directors and accompanists did an incredible job of engaging our students um, in their rooms, um, same nights, we kept our schedule the same and made sure that our um, interactions, while they were different, we wanted to make sure they were impactful. And our focus shifted to, well, to music sustainability, music sustenance, continued music excellence, music delivery. We also knew because music is so important to the mental health of our youth, we wanted to make sure that we continued that on a high level so that we continue the mental health connections that students needed now more than ever, being at home and not interacting face-to-face -face with their peers. So we're very mindful of how music plays such a positive role on mental health and making sure that that continued. Yeah, I, I love your analogy. We took a couple of snow days because uh, I've talked with a lot of educators who were like, yeah, we were ready with the snow days on the instruction, but we were not expecting uh, two and a half months of snow days, right? So yeah. I love that analogy. But describe for our viewers, if you wouldn't have been, so when they're in their rooms, are you doing this through Zoom? How, how is that working for your rehearsal? Yeah, there's, there's so many different ways that we did it. So we definitely did it through Zoom. And then the directors also did one-on-one -on -one um, music time with uh, their students. We also did a lot of, um, and this is where I'm going to use my cheat sheet, um, like sight reading experiences. Um, we are creating master classes. Um, they had miniature grids that they had to create. So there was a lot of individual learning as well, along with the Zoom classes. So we created enrichments around the Zoom experience so that the student felt connected and felt that there was a goal throughout their YNS experience the last two and a half months. So Naveen, you talked a little bit about how you pivoted to help your students keep that student enrichment and that joy through music and obviously impact their mental health. But you have a lot of wonderful choral directors. So talk about how that worked for them and how you sustained your staff during this time period. Yeah. So our staff is absolutely incredible. They understood the importance of music and staying connected with their students. They formed a bond all year. They wanted to make sure that we were successful with that music excellence delivery. So because we were able to provide them with the tools of the, you know, the Zoom classes and all the technology that they had at their fingertips, and a lot of them are educators also, so they saw the shifts within their own classrooms. They seamlessly 
um, it wasn't without effort because the truth is, Jane, they are putting in a lot more effort into these Zoom classes than they are in that, you know, face-to-face -face instruction. Um, they, they just wanted to make sure that it was such high quality and that that delivery of instruction did not suffer because they were now in a virtual space. So that was important to them. So the integrity, the character um, of our staff really helped. And then let's not even forget, I mean, we could not have done this without our office staff. They're working tirelessly around the clock to make sure that everybody's up and running. Everybody has the technology. Everybody has the bandwidth. So Naveen, you know, obviously your staff have really embraced technology. You've got a lot of new ways of trying to deliver your music. As you look forward and we consider, you know, the opening up into phase four and then ultimately into phase five, how do you see your work at the Young Naperville Singers progressing? Yeah, that's a really great question. And this is something we actually started working on back in April. And what we've done is we've created three different scenarios, depending on what phase four looks like and when phase four will actually happen. So we've created hybrids of in-person instruction, virtual instruction, and then both. And we've already um, had lots of communication with our staff, letting them know um, you know, what it is that, you know, to anticipate the different scenarios. The really cool thing is we've started registration. We've had a lot of people still engage with registration, knowing that we may be virtual half the year. And we've had some parents reach out and say, even though we're virtual, even though my child is zoomed out, music is such an important connection. Please, please, please continue eyeing us in the fall. And we would never not. I mean, we're so excited about looking forward to a wonderful through challenges come opportunities, right? So we've already, um, you know, connected with a few um, world-renowned composers, musicians. Jim Papoulis, who's absolutely incredible, he is coming back and he's doing a virtual songwriting workshop with us. Um, there is another wonderful um, world-renowned composer, Tracy Wong. Tracy Wong is coming in and she specializes in Malaysian music. And Tracy is going to do a virtual connection with our students around Malaysian music, Malaysian dance. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's an opportunity that we're discovering this virtual space. And what it does is it connects choirs and musicians virtually seamlessly. So I think even when we go back to face-to-face -to -face instruction, we are definitely going to keep a lot of this virtual attributes within our curriculum. Um, we are taking the opportunity to write a very strong music theory, music literacy program. So we are looking for ways to enrich our students and their lives and that, and it lives beyond this virtual space. Even when we meet face to face, they will have those, um, enriched opportunities, so to speak, and, uh, make it a richer, fuller experience. So those are really, I mean, you've really learned some positive lessons. I mean, there are things that sometimes, I mean, we think very negatively around the pandemic, but out of crises come some good things. And it sounds like you figured out some new ways that you will add to your program going forward. Absolutely. It's actually kind of exciting. Um, our artistic director, Angie Johnson, is masterminding 
weekly, if not daily, with a lot of incredible choral directors around the country. And they're putting together some really great ideas. And this week is actually um, Chorus America's virtual um, uh, conference. And four of our board members are joining. Um, our, two of our staff members, including Angie Johnson, is joining. And she's actually on a panel um, presenting about virtual space and how do you how do you direct in a virtual space? How do you lead a choir in a virtual space? So um, we're excited about the learning opportunities and the implementations that come with those opportunities. So it sounds like, I mean, you're kind of in the sense that you're building your community again with your families and with your students, but you're also part of that larger choral community across the country and across the world, right? So, I mean, there's that opportunity to learn some of those best practices and, and pivot and be creative together. Absolutely. And, and it does make it exciting. I mean, through technology, a world has been opened up to us. And we're like, gosh, you know, um, we could have done this before. Why didn't we think about it? So that part of it is exciting. Yeah, to, to, to understand what content we could deliver to our students through technology is really pretty cool and we can geek out over it. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nice. Now, as we start to wrap up here, Naveen, I know, you know, like many organizations, but yours in particular, you often are with young children all the way through graduation. And I know you did a lot uh, as we got around May to honor and say goodbye to your seniors. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was fun. So we were one of the very first ones to actually put together a parade. I think we had 25 seniors. Um, I can't remember, seven different towns, uh, six, five or six hours. And we drove to every, as far east as Hinsdale and as far west as Yorkville. And we surprised every graduate with a car parade. And community is the center of who we are, and that part is important. We need to show every member how important and how valued they are, and we always honor our seniors on stage, and this was our way of honoring them and make sure that they knew how much we love them and how much we wish them well and how they'll always be a part of the YNS family. Always, once you're part of the YNS family, you're forever part of the YNS family. So, yeah, that, that part was important, and. It was, it was one of my highlights, actually, of this entire pandemic. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think so much, you know, you're part of a family for a long period of time. You've obviously, your group has traveled together, you know, they performed together. So there are some very unique bonds, and particularly when you're not just in the same school together. I think that also creates some very different relationships, right? Oh, absolutely. And one thing is we pull in from 18 different communities, not just Naperville. So it, it does create a very strong connection within those 18 different communities. And we love that. We love seeing how kids across towns really know each other. Um, and they wouldn't have otherwise. And lifelong friendships emerge. Yeah. yeah. As I close out here, Naveen, one last thought. If you were to pick one thing that you feel going forward that YNS will be that much better off for, what would that be? Ah, uh, the strength in learning how to pivot, learning how to shift, and understanding how important 
music is to all of us, to the staff, to the students, and that, dis that, that determination to continue delivering music excellence and music sustainability um, will really drive us even forward and even more. And it really shores up our mission statement and our vision for why we do this. We say sing, grow, lead. And I think we've, we've been singing, our, our hashtag is keep singing, we've been growing. And we continue to empower our youth to lead and become leaders in their own community. And this pandemic has allowed us to um, continue with all of that on an even higher level. That's awesome. Thank you so much to you and the YNS. I know that we look forward to the day when we can see the choirs back on stage and hear them in person. But in the meantime, we wish you all the best with the continual virtual and the growth that you're having with your organization. So thank you for joining me on Spotlight. Jane, thank you. This is such a pleasure. Thank you for being a great friend to YNS. We love NCTV. Thank you. And we're going to take you. a quick break. We'll be right back with more Spotlight. And Naveen for joining me today on Spotlight and sharing a little bit about how the YNS and WDSRA are pursuing their mission despite the pandemic. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Busey Bank, for their generous support of today's show and the nonprofit sector in general. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream our promise.